Hello and welcome to Advoco Podcast, where we dig deep into developer relations and ambassador programs and each episode is packed with insights and actionable tips from experienced devils and program managers. If you like what we do, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us up to a 5-star review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to reach us, you can always do that at podcast at advoku.com. Without further ado, I give you the Advoku Podcast. Hello, Aditya. Welcome to Advoku Podcast. It's very nice to have you here, but please, before we dive into the conversation, tell a few words about yourself, who you are, and what you are currently doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me over. It's it's definitely a pleasure to join in for the Advoku Podcast, and a, a huge uh, warm welcome to everyone else who's also joining in to, to listen to us um, here as well. Um, I am Aditya Obre. I'm currently a developer advocate at AppRate, which is an open source backend as a service platform. I've been here for the last uh, one and a half years or so now, a little over one and a half years now. And this is both my first DevRel as well as my first job in general. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely having a lot of fun here. But beyond that, I've been around the tech community, around hackathon spaces, around technologists for the last four years or so now. Um, I have been actively collaborating with uh, different communities across India and more recently beyond as well. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit about me. And, and aside from that, of course, across these different communities, I have been a part of uh, various few uh, super user or champions programs as well. So I was a part of a few different student programs like the Microsoft Learn Student Ambassadors, the Google Developer Student Clubs, um, the MLH Coaches, and I am still active as a Microsoft MVP now, as well as a Twilio champion. Great. So you have started a couple of years ago, and you have been involved in different, uh, different spaces, different programs. And now you're involved in both external programs and being internally developer advocate. Uh, We'll cover this whole area, but let's start with what you are currently doing. So you're a developer advocate for Upright. Since this is your first job, you cannot compare it to anything else, but (laughs) can can you describe to our listeners what you are doing on a daily basis and what is your job? Sure, sure. So when we talk about developer relations and developer advocacy at AppRate, um, it is definitely a very central uh, sort of a domain for us because as as an open source product, as an open source organization with a community full of open source developers, we recognize the importance of having more better communication, a better bridge between the folks working um, you know, with AppRate as well as the team building AppRate. So that is what we do as developer advocates here. We do act as a bridge between this community and help support them in various different ways. Now, those different ways would include helping improve developer experience, different community initiatives, content, of course, as well as our own community programs that help people grow beyond. So our own kind of champions program, our own heroes program. 
And so when I talk about what I focus on on a regular manner, I do focus on heavily, heavily focus on our ecosystem of developers, particularly. So people who are building with AppRite, I do spend a lot of time collaborating with them, supporting them through hackathons and so on. Uh, that, of course, includes me working with the product as well. So I am in a position where I do frequently get chances to build with AppRite. And that, that is something I've been doing a lot more lately. Uh, so working on more sample applications, uh, which thereby lead to more and more public speaking around AppRite, um, helping work with different communities and educating about it in, in these communities as well. But also community collaborations with external communities, some of our content initiatives like the newsletter as well. And at the moment, I also heavily focus on the growth and development of the AppRite Heroes program, which is our champions program for mm -hmm. AppRite experts within the community. Okay, since you have been a part of different programs before AppRite, was it any similar? Any of this was any of these programs similar to what you are doing right now professionally, or was it like completely different story? I think um, there is a lot of similarity, of course. Uh, one thing that I do get to see now is that it's one thing when I go out, when I speak, when I create content, right? As ambassadors, as champions, we get the opportunity to do that as well. And that is something I have exercised um, in my current capacities within the Microsoft MVPs and Twilio's champions program as well. But I do get more insight into how these programs are supported, the activities that lead to helping these grow, as well as how these impact the product itself as well. So there is an added sense of insight, a, a layer on top along with it. Uh, but definitely at the center, there are a lot. There is a lot of familiarity uh, mm -hmm. with how ambassadors work as well. The difference, of course, would include accountability, right? Because with them, as, as ambassadors, these are voluntary activities. Uh, we participate in these in our free time and other ways. So. Um, of course, that's great in its own way. Now, as full-time developer advocates, this, of course, is a bigger priority because it's also a part of the job. Um, it is important for us to understand how uh, me, my team, our work would impact the business as well. So that that does add a layer on top for sure. But it's it's a good way of you know it 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 still has its impact and uh, it remains healthy in its own way. So I definitely am enjoying both sides of the coin here. Okay, and has your experience in Ambassador Champions Super User Programs, has your experience translate, does it translate to what you're doing heavily or did you have to learn a lot of new skills and, you know, grow yourself when you joined Upright being developer advocate? That, that's definitely a great question there. I think a lot of my experience in ambassador programs helped me build a kind of a foundation that led to me um, transitioning full time towards a developer relations career. And I think it, it helped a lot because when, when we look at the fundamental skills um, in a developer advocate, you've of course got the need to be a technologist. I need to, for example, work with these technologies to be able to deep dive, to understand because only then can I empathize with someone in the community, right? As an ambassador, I get to do that as well. Because, for example, um, in the Microsoft MVPs, I, I was accepted into the program for my contributions around .NET. 
and some of Azure's PaaS offerings. That's what I work with heavily. And, and so I had to build some sense of expertise there as well to be able to talk about these technologies, to be able to share about them, to help someone work with them, to educate about them, right? So those skills would translate. And similarly, the ability to communicate, the ability to work with people all around, um, that, that does transfer over. It is very much a transferable skill as you go from ambassador to full-time uh, mm-hmm. developer relations team member. So I think being an ambassador helped me build some foundational skills. The major difference that I have observed as I've gone over is observing the sort of business impact a team like this makes. Because I think for that, it you really learn uh, the, uh, the impact that this makes in the business only after you've started doing this full-time, right? Because you understand a lot of the perspectives as to why uh, a team would want to support such activities, uh, why um, activities like this help the community and, and what that translates into how a product is both viewed and used and so on. So understanding the business impact is something that I only could learn after I joined the DevRel space full time. But I think a lot of the other foundational skills around being a technologist, around being a better communicator, around working with communities, uh, definitely transferred over. Mm-hmm. And does the, having the experience, the perspective, the business perspective, change how you now look at being ambassador? Because you have mentioned that you're still an ambassador, you're MVP and Twilio champion. So does it change your perspective on being a champion slash MVP? I think when I look at new programs now, um, programs I may not be a part of, um, it definitely helps me observe and find more green flags and red flags as well as understand a lot of the decisions why a team would maybe invest on one front or another. So it does help me understand far better what a program is supposed to achieve and uh, thereby it lets me evaluate how I can participate in that as well. Because there are some communities I would participate in without growing as a leader, just as a participant, just as an occasional contributor and that's good enough for me and there are some places where i want to take steps further and i want to grow Uh, like for example with a lot of dotnet and microsoft communities Uh, because that is something i appreciate because i understand the kind of support they provide and how this helps and to some extent it helps me evaluate whether the ethical scenario around these as well so it, it gives me a far deeper understanding and appreciation for a lot of what those teams are doing behind the scenes to support um, ambassadors within these programs. Mm -hmm. Do you think that other ambassadors, champions, super users, however we call them, should also have this business perspective, like, or grow this business perspective to be better ambassadors, to contribute more, to feel better in their roles, or is it or it is not really that necessary or and it should stay in the realm of devrel internal devrel team i think there is a little bit of complexity to this question here because um as in, being in my position i of course see the added advantage right yeah. but at the same time it can also make me a little more likely to empathize in actions that may not always seem uh very like, you know, there are times when an ambassador may feel that they've lost out on certain opportunities and that does happen and that's entirely valid on their end as well. I think it's just 
being in a position to empathize makes me empathize on both hands now mm-hmm. in some places it's definitely very very helpful um it also could cause a bigger barrier or a bottleneck as well because it it can create more confusion as to how you have to proceed so i think for an ambassador as long as they understand the goals of the program not purely just the business impact that may or may not be necessary uh, but as long as they understand the goals and those goals align with their own personal growth plans i think it's fairly valid um mm-hmm. there is a need for transparency for sure there is a need to help understand them uh, that is something we practice as well right like if for example we are talking about product decisions with the heroes we are a lot more open and we're a lot more comfortable discussing and and having these conversations there and so we do practice that and we do exercise um the ability to to sh- help share this context with them uh, so it it does so we we do make sure that we're sharing those goals and help them understand um and evaluate whether this is the best fit for them as well rather than just looking and trying to take that work and using it for us um as as long as we're able to help them grow that then then it's fair game mm-hmm. yeah and is there anything else that you think other program managers should focus on to create better experience for the champions to create better impact to create basically better programs since you have been on both sides do you think that there are some rules guides or recommendations that we can give to other program managers i i think one, one thing we've been trying to practice a lot is aside from us creating a space where the where our heroes can contribute we're also trying to make sure we're creating a space where they can relax and enjoy and engage with each other and collaborate with each other as well i think in a lot of ambassador programs that i've been a part of a uh, collaboration collaboration across ambassadors is something that often becomes a responsibility of ambassadors and uh, we're trying to decrease friction on that front for sure and aside from that we're just trying to create uh, and and humanize these situations more right because mm-hmm. uh, we understand that they've got their own lives that they've got their own work they've got their own problems and stresses and so these programs aside from being a place where they're contributing should also be places where they're comfortable uh, where which don't add any burden on them and so we're making more proactive efforts to ensure that this isn't to say that champions programs add burden uh, fortunately i've been a part of programs where i've had healthy experiences and there have been programs where i've i've participated with that hasn't been the case so i did limit my contribution but the two programs i'm active in right now um ha- i have been able to experience um more you know healthier scenarios so um definitely we're we're trying more proactive efforts on that front and i think that's something a lot of ambassador programs can try to consciously exercise now one thing to note there is that we're still relatively a smaller program and we're focusing on ensuring we grow properly rather than rush uh, the scaling process so um seeing that at a smaller level versus a very large scale community of course is a very different scenario but i do remember as a part of the microsoft learn student ambassadors we did a lot of activities to help engage and connect and communicate and i think um there are activities that can be done at a larger scale as well so this that is something a lot of ambassador programs could focus on and mm-hmm. it it would definitely create a healthier community within their champions as well okay 
I want to focus on your program as well. But first, I want us to be a little bit more tactical. I mean, mm-hmm. you have mentioned that it would be potentially beneficial to to create healthier space where connections can grow, where relationships can grow. But what can really do program managers? Create a, I don't know, Discord server, Slack, whatever, or, 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 or some events? How would you approach that? So some things that we've been doing here is, of course, having separate communication channels within our Discord that are heroes only. Um, we have a communication plan that we practice that has communications on a very regular basis. Like, for example, uh, one thing we tried to access, to activate was a sort of a daily communication plan where we're having post-weekend celebrations where people share what they're chuffed about every Monday after the weekend. We keep dedicated feedback days where they can share what they like or what they dislike, what they want to see change within, within either the program, the product, or the community in general. We have a showcase day where we allow showcases outside of purely just um, applied activities as well because we understand that the creative process to come up with some of these initiatives can rarely come from anywhere, right? So if, for example, we have an we have a hero who's going out to a conference, for example, uh, delivering a talk on their own. Maybe that could lead to some content that's relevant. That could spark some ideas. So we've been trying to have a more regular communication plan A to keep everyone communicating. And of course, this isn't like a mandatory plan. It's not that everyone has to participate every single day. But there is space for communication. Uh, There is some amount of focus for communication. So it doesn't get lost out. And a lot of this is heavily focused on uh, their personal opinions rather than purely what we want out of them. Uh, so, so that is one thing we've made clear. Aside from that, we do monthly calls, which we may or may not convert to take from one call to two a month, where we'll share some updates, take more and more feedback, um, always have space for them to communicate. And we try to end with a fun activity. So, for example, something like a game of GeoGuessr or Scriblio okay. or so on. And so... This way, we will have heroes team up with each other, play these games with us, compete with each other. And so I, I think it just helps build a sort of a camaraderie among them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely leads to more discussion, more collaboration. And we're already seeing that, where we've got multiple heroes working and collaborating on content together or um, community meetups together. So it's, it's definitely showing an impact right mm-hmm. now. Okay. And how big is your community? So for the heroes, we we do have a slower scaling plan. So right now we started with our pilot batch with about seven people, but we do have plans to grow this on a quarterly basis Mm -hmm. at the moment. So every quarter we'll try and grow it on on a similar level. And of course, uh, because we're a very recent program, we're still about three months old. Um, There is a lot of evaluation and lot of constant feedback that's going on in this process um but but so far we've been able to take into account more and more feedback and we are trying to implement that like um we've received feedback around better access to the product roadmap or um whether some activities work or they don't or the kind of support different heroes might need so we are trying to take that feedback at a very granular level as well mm-hmm. and um it's it's definitely showing um, a lot of benefits for both AppRite and the community 
um, around it. Mm -hmm. Can you share some goals or KPIs that you set for like the initial stage of the program? Because I believe that you must have had some goals. I don't know if you can share them. When we look at contributions, we look at them at a diversified sort of a level. So uh, one would be content activities, right? The, we we want to definitely understand it and observe how much content is coming out or how many different projects are being, are being built around it, but also how this impacts conversations and communication within the community as well. So there are some goals we have in mind. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, right now we are very heavily treating these as kind of guidelines as to what we want to work towards rather mm -hmm. than purely treating these as this number has to be achieved or else the program's failing. That's definitely not what we're doing right now. So uh, we are definitely looking at how this impacts both education ecosystem as well as the kind of prod product feedback this leads to. And that is something we're constantly evaluating um, at the moment. Mm -hmm. And what has been the biggest challenge so far starting a program? It's, it's an interesting question, right? Because I think for, for AppRite, it's it's still a product in its nascent stages. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, having a community that is so globally distributed to build a system that works equitably for everyone across different regions, uh, being able to prioritize on different people. Like, like, for example, we've got people across ranging all the way from US to India at the moment. Time zones can be a concern. But fortunately for us, because... We are a company rooted with asynchronous practices. Um, that is something we're trying to navigate through and solve. And do you think that totally different challenges will appear in the future, like in the, in the remaining months of 2023? Because since you are only three months old, I think that there might be different challenges. I, I definitely think there will be. <laughs> I, I do expect that as the program scales, we will have to observe how some of these communication practices, how the daily activities plan and so on works, right? Because it's one thing when you look at a, a group of seven people, it's another when you add a zero to that or two. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, now I don't expect there to be two more zeros by the end of this year, but we could get closer to, you know, having at least one zero. So, so I, I, I definitely foresee different challenges as, um, the program scales and of course one thing we will also consider at that point is finding someone who can dedicatedly help just with the program as well as the program grows and scales but yes that being said I'm, I'm definitely excited about the challenges that brings because that's a good problem to have in my opinion right problems coming because you've got more people who want to be a part of this program <laughs> So I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to those. Yeah, definitely having 70-ish people on board in the program, it will be completely different program than having <laughs> seven of them. Um, but let's, you know, fingers crossed. You've got, uh, you've got experience from much, much bigger, or much bigger program. I, I think that that's one thing we're fortunate about because... Um, Tess as well, who's our head of DevRel. So she helped um, work and build out Cloudinary's uh, program, the MDE's program. Mm -hmm. So she comes in with some of that context. I am currently participating in a few and I've worked in other community-centric capacities. So we do have a lot of insights and contexts into what works and what doesn't. 
and we're definitely trying to take a lot of inspiration and apply the best of what we've experienced through different programs and what we see in different programs and hopefully that sets us on a good path because there's a lot of programs who've innovated and a lot of teams that have done a lot of good through these so we're all up for taking inspiration all across and uh, trying to apply the best of uh, what different programs bring to the table for this community and of course as we see challenges we will definitely tackle them as they come as well. You mentioned that you have seen what works and what doesn't work. Uh, can you share some of the examples of things that will probably not work, or at least in your opinion will not work in your case, and other programs use or program managers use or are present in some programs? I, I think one challenge that always comes up with, with these sort of programs is the amount of transparency right um, both into product insights um, into the roadmap into mm -hmm. to some extent the business you know as we talked about it earlier as well yeah. and i think as the program grows uh, we will definitely um, continue of course our transparent methods but we will continuously evaluate how communication works through this um, and and you know because as as the program evolves so will of course the company and the product as well and while i don't expect that to be a problem yet i think it will be interesting to see how we are our communication methods evolve through this um process transparency is something that i always have all across different programs mm -hmm. uh, more so than for us because we have the fortune of being an open source uh, company and i think because we've come up through the open source space we do tend to see transparency as a very core value regardless. So it's a little easier for us to exercise. Across a lot of organizations, this can be tricky though. Um, and, and that is something I have seen in a, a few programs in the past. So that that's something that um, I would call out for most programs in general, uh, you know, around evaluating how that works and because you don't want a scenario where you've created activities that solely benefit one site, but it seems like you're yeah. trying to create value for both. And and I have been a part of uh, such activities in the past, and I, I've realized that later on, of course, as I have matured through this um, space. So definitely, that's one thing we want to make sure we keep doing, um, creating enough value for everyone in the program. To, to make sure that, you know, they, they grow through this, they learn through this, this benefits them as well, just as much as it benefits us. Only mm -hmm. if it's mutually beneficial for everyone here will a program like this succeed. Otherwise, okay. these don't. You've mentioned a couple of times that transparency is a value. And in your case, transparency is like ingrained in your... Yeah. Uh, company in your company culture do you think that company culture translates also to the program definitely so if someone wants to be part of more open program like being an ambassador he should go to companies to to, pro to programs of the companies that are more open and if someone sh wants to go in let's say more corporate direction he should become part of the corporate programs or i think i think more more than that it's really about whether you relate with what a company is trying to achieve right mm -hmm. like for example 
I I always felt very fond of Twilio's Champions program because of what their product enabled, what it allowed people to achieve, right? Similarly with Microsoft's MVP program, it's the tools and the products I was working with, the impact of these. And Microsoft is an org as about what they try to achieve. Um, their focus on empowerment and inclusion and diversity. And so if I relate with what an organization is trying to achieve, it helps me understand the goals they have. And I I want to be a part of helping those goals mm-hmm. as well. Like at least for the MVPs, that, that was a major driving factor for me. Um, now, there would be other programs and other products. If I didn't relate with them, like for example, if we look at the Google Developer Experts, it's a fabulous program in its own place. But those aren't products I work with personally, like Angular or Flutter. They're wonderful products in their own place, but because my personal goals focus on a different front, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be jumping in there. Now, that doesn't mean the program is bad. Though. That program is fabulous in its own place, right? It's just I have my calling in a different direction. And that's one thing that anyone looking to an ambassador program needs to be able to evaluate. If the goals of this organization align with their own, if the culture of this organization aligns with what they're looking for. Because if if that wouldn't be the case, if it would be a community I wasn't happy in or a team I wasn't happy about, as much as the program or might have benefits in general, I just wouldn't be as happy contributing there anyway. And I think if this is something I do aside from my day-to-day life otherwise, I do need to have an intrinsic sense of motivation just external mm-hmm. factors aren't enough after one point. So if it's intrinsically led, if, if it's something that I would relate with, I feel I would want to contribute there. And uh, that's something I always recommend people to think about as they apply to different programs, because um, I, I do stay active with a few different student communities um, even today. And this is always a constant question that comes up, right? Like we see the question about how to join a program, but there are very few people asking why should one do this as well. And and the why is just as important as the how or what mm-hmm. to do after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are the most like key benefits in your opinion of being part of such program? Like doesn't matter which program particularly, mm-hmm. but being an ambassador champion, whomever, what are the key benefits? I think, So a few things that I definitely appreciate being a part of these programs is access to the product groups. I think when I join one of these programs, it's because of the products, right? Mm -hmm. So having access to teams working on these, being able to share feedback, to take guidance, that that's a big, big benefit. Um, and, And because we are designated champions, we have the ability to have more closed door conversations as well. Um, it is something that I have been a part of in different programs. Um, it is something that we have tried to exercise with ours as well. And it, it definitely has a lot of value. So I think access to product groups, access to the engineers, the teams building, that is a major, major benefit. Um, it, feedback opportunities, otherwise having a more proactive communication, that is something I look for as well here. And that can aside from the product groups be within the different champions themselves as well. Uh, this is actually something I really appreciated back as a, as a Microsoft student ambassador as well, because 
I think I learned a lot and I grew personally a lot due to the interactions with my fellow ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely has a tangible benefit as well, aside from just networking um, for the sake of networking. Um, that there was a lot of education, there was a lot of communication, a lot of perspective that I gained that way. So I think these two often stand out for me. I think the third benefit that I would want to look at would be added visibility. Um, Mm -hmm. Like if I am working, if I am supporting and I'm helping and I'm contributing, if the organization is just as willing to support and I bring more visibility to this work, um, it's always a big pro. Uh, And and this is something I especially was very fond of with the Twilio Champions program because every once in a while, an event that I was working on, a piece of content that I created, they'd go out and share their developer community as well. And I think I always appreciated that because it helped me gain access to a stage that may not have been possible otherwise. And so for me personally, those three tend to be the biggest benefits, um, access and communication with these individuals, the product groups themselves, and this added visibility. So mm-hmm. I personally look for these three in any program I'm participating in. Sure. Everyone should think for themselves what they are looking for yeah. in the programs. So since we are already around half an hour, we'll be wrapping up soon, but I have a, one more question. Do you think that we need in general more programs or do we have enough? And like from the perspective of, from the perspective of developers, like the, um, the champions themselves, mm-hmm. Should there be more programs? Should more companies create such programs? Or that's like enough? So I think when it comes to programs, personally, I believe, yes, there is space for more programs. However, I think it would be helpful if we have initiatives and programs that are more focused rather than purely generalist programs. Because... The moment you have a more generalist program, which has way too many directions, that can often lead to a loss of that sense of purpose for a lot of people. Um, That changes when it's a little more focused. Like, for example, uh, with the Twilio champions. Now, because I care about Twilio's APIs and tools, this works well, right? The Odd Zero Ambassadors is great for that matter as well, because it's very heavily focused uh, towards the authentication as a service platform. Um, with the app heroes, there is a sort of focus. I think the moment the program becomes a very generalist community leadership program, it, it tends to lose that focus. And so mm-hmm. while, yes, there is more scope for, for programs, there needs to be a, a sort of a focus. Now, whether that's by keeping the product at the center, whether that's by keeping tooling or to, to drive a very specific kind of contribution, like, for example, different technical writing programs do uh, right, like what Circle CI has had or Twilio's Voices program, um, there needs to be a focus, a purpose. And as long as that is there and the organization has that sort of a community that is willing to contribute, it makes sense for them. Right? Because not every single program is made for every individual. Mm-hmm. But as long as every program has a community where individuals are participating, there is scope for, for, these, for these opportunities. And I think this will continue growing as we see the growth of communities for different products. As, as long as we keep seeing products with, which have communities around it, there will always be scope for having leaders come out of these communities and 
uh, thereby leading to space for programs that can give back to these individuals as well. So yeah. for sure, there's scope for more, but they need to have some amount of purpose or focus. Sure. Okay. Okay. So one last question, or actually two last questions. Uh, first one is, do you have any parting message for our listeners? And the second one is, where can people find you? Awesome. So I think for the first question, any parting message? I think ambassador programs, champions programs have been among the best opportunities I've had to grow as an individual, as a technologist, as a community leader. Um, the only question that everyone should ask before they jump into one of these is why they want to do so, right? And the factors there should be intrinsically led. If the only reason is because there's someone else who is doing well or someone famous in one of these programs, it might seem fun for a short-term period. It's it's not going to sustain. Um, you need to have reasons for yourself as to why you want to give back here or you want to contribute here. And as, as long as your, your reasons are good for these, it's, it's always great to be a part of these programs because they do really help a lot. Um, but just the, the motivators and then those factors have to be intrinsic. They can't be extrinsic factors. And on to the second question. Um, I'm probably the most easily accessible on Twitter. Twitter is one uh, front that I, I do regularly uh, communicate on, that I regularly post content on. So Twitter is definitely a good spot to reach out to me. LinkedIn, of course, is another. I do stay frequently active on LinkedIn, if not occasionally. Um, I, I so, so those two platforms would be good. But mm -hmm. if and, and if someone wants to follow my content, I think the, the front I'm the most active on is my newsletter now. Um, and all of these can actually be found on my portfolio website, by the way. So that's just obrai.dev, O-B-E-R-A-I.dev. And we'll link to that. So anyone who wants to find me, that has all my links available. So it's probably the easiest way to discover all my different social profiles and newsletter as well. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the conversation, for sharing your knowledge and experience. And I hope, I really hope that we will be able to talk again in a couple of months when you will add this zero or two to the <laughs> number of the heroes. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.